fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Wolf Pack, it's your boy the Wolf of Roto Street, RotoStreetJournal.com, where we breed and feed fantasy wolves. Here with another tier and ranking show. We did the quarterbacks yesterday and we're diving into wide receivers. Looking at those tiers, the alpha hogs, the wide receiver ones versus twos versus upside threes, all that good stuff. We're going to sort them out. I'm not going to forget to make sure this is in there uh, when we start sorting it all out. It's all obviously so crucial again to know what tier you want to target to make your draft, and especially in an auction draft too. So if you're interested in this, tune on in. Comment away, and all you watching the replay, let me know what you think in the comments. I greatly appreciate any feedback and commentary as we go, and any likes and shares, always appreciated too. Um, Real quick, just going to plug, we have a new guide out, and the the more important part of that guide is we're trying to raise donations for uh, the Pete Frady's Fund that goes towards supporting ALS patients, research, all that good stuff. Uh, he's a local guy from the same hometown. I'm good friends with his brother. So that's kind of our Scott Fish Bowl. You know, getting that nomination this year was amazing. We want to go towards this Pete Frady's cause, and we'll give you a free off-season Bible if you donate any amount. So if you want to learn more, just visit rotostreetjournal.com slash Frady's, um, or if you want to just go right in and donate, you can see that link right there petefradies.com slash roto check it out i mean the world for you for you know to us if you support a, a great cause like that or again scott fishbowl cause but let's dive in now to these wide receivers here um and rank these tiers pull up the list as you can see we got like the i'm, I'm gonna scroll up at the top there's like first round worthy and you know the guys that i would genuinely consider around the bell cows there's not many there's actually only two and let's just start with those two so we get the uh the the best of the best off here and let me know if this view is okay for you i want to make sure everything looks good but Devonte adams now i'm not saying he's above mike thomas i'm just getting the two guys in here although you could make the case he's going to probably lead the league in targets uh him and rogers have been lighting it up all camp apparently every day just connecting deep touchdowns all over the field and there's really no one else to compete with for targets and then mike thomas obviously you know off a record setting insane just caught like what 70 something percent of his balls broke the re- receptions record so had an insane year by all accounts i think i go thomas just because we've seen it. it it's clear the talent there but i also love adams a little more injury risk it seems to adams so i go thomas then i go adams but those are the only two guys i would even consider in the first round i still go bell cow Definitely for at least one of my picks. If I'm at the bottom of the draft and one of those guys has fallen, I might go like Sanders and Adams or Drake and Adams, Eckler Adams. Get a guy, if you have those uncertain bell cows, maybe balance it out with one of these early round receivers. More often, I'm probably going bell cow, bell cow. I'm not saying I'm going to go back on it. But if those two guys fall, they should at least give you pause for your uh, running back, um, uh, your, your bell cow strategy. And again, any comments, questions you guys have as I go through these, I'm just going to rip them away, but I obviously would love to interact as we go. So after that tier, I feel like you got to have Mr. Julio Jones. So consistent year in and year out. It's like you can write just 
in pen, 1400 yards. And whether he hits, you know, seven touchdowns, whether he finally gets that like real 12 touchdown breakout. I mean, Dirk Cutter, he had his highest touchdown seasons, Julio Jones under Cutter, who now is in year two. Maybe we get a little more comfort, a little more explosiveness. This guy right here is going to cut into some of that. Good, good article on the site from our new writer, Dane, about how Julio might be an early round fade. I still think he's my number three guy, especially with Tyreek Hill getting banged up, but he's going to be number four, just the explosive upside of Hill. Where's number 10 for the Chiefs? There you are. Um, I'm going to pull him up here. Just a, a weak changer, both in the real life field, but also in the fantasy field. You might be down by 40 going into Monday Night Football, and then Pat Mahomes in the Rams shootout. Remember that game? Unbelievable. I think, you know, just Hill alone had 40 something points. Mahomes had a million. Like that offense is just so unstoppable. Hardman coming into his own will only make them more dangerous. So I love him. Uh, you got to get DeAndre Hopkins. I know that the popular narrative is to, to fade Hopkins. Where is Hopkins? He's probably in a Texans jersey. That's why I'm missing him here. Um, the, the popular narrative is to fade Hopkins. There you are. But I don't buy it. Like the guy performed with. TJ Yates and Ryan Mallett and Brandon Whedon and the, the cream of the crop, Brian Hoyer were his quarterbacks. And he put up 1,511 on like 100 and I think 11 catches, something insane for the quarterback talent he had. Now you're telling me he's going to have to regress because he's into a new offense with a new quarterback, probably the second best, potentially the best in Kyler Murray if he takes that great step so many are projecting him for. Why is he going to go backwards? I get they didn't like religiously pepper a number one last year, but I think that's because, you know, Kirk, a good number two, he's not a number one. Larry Fitz, not a number one at this stage of his career. So ultimately, I'm not too worried about Hopkins. Um, I, I love lauding him right in that tier. And then the last two guys, the Bucks guys. Mr. Godwin himself, number two receiver in fantasy last year, now playing that slot role. Little concerns these days that he hasn't been practicing, um, and, and Bruce Arians really isn't giving us any type of clarity on why. Where did Mike Evans go? Um, it, it is getting confusing, though. Like, what, why is this, um, you know, what's he missing time for? He hasn't been like him, his ridiculous self are the reports. So you start to question what's going on. There you are, Mike. And meanwhile, Mike Evans is dominating with Brady. He's forming a great rapport. Uh, they, they're going back and forth every day. Um, so I, I like, you know, Evans, uh, maybe even a little more than Godwin. I know that style of play doesn't seem like it would match. But they're the ones making that formation while, while Godwin's out. You don't want to overrate camp injuries, but you have to keep them in mind, especially in a year with a new quarterback with limited time. Brady's always been a guy about trust. And if he can't trust Godwin, if he doesn't have that early on, it could make him sneaky risky. Um, so those are my top two tiers. Let me just show those to you guys again. Uh, first round worthy, the, the alpha wide receivers, mid late to round two again. I ultimately don't land too many of these guys just because I'm such a bell cow, bell cow guy. And I think wide receivers so deep. We're going to talk about the ones I start to typically get, but these are the ones that, you know, if you are going receiver early or you want to mix it up in best ball, these are those like eight guys, seven guys right here that are truly, truly elite. Let's go into the now uh, wide receiver ones, the guys that I still think are very quality, acceptable wide receiver ones. The first would be Allen Robinson. Uh, I, I absolutely love this alpha target hog in every way. Just gets it done no matter what crap quarterback play is there. Now their running back gets dinged up in David Montgomery. Are we going to be even more uh, pass-centric? Maybe. 
Uh, it could totally be. So ultimately, I, I love Alan Robinson. Um, you know, we had uh, Evan Silva on our show, and I wasn't like sold on Alan Robinson. And if you haven't heard that one, make sure you check out ffbdpod.com because uh, the interview was fantastic. Just great being having had the chance to talk to a legend like Silva, but he made some really, really strong takes uh, for guys that I wasn't all in on. So Alan Robinson being one of those guys, I think he kind of kicks off this tier. My, my wide receiver eight should see maybe 160 targets potentially. So I, I love it. I, I love everything about Alan Robinson as safe and high floor as it seems um, as they come. And then I, I really like Kenny Galladay. I might even have him above it's, I flip back and forth between those guys, but Kenny Galladay, um, is a just, you know, baby Tron. He's called that ridiculous name for a reason. The guy can elevate. He can blow past you. He could do it all. And an offense that really liked to huck it out last year, uh, especially when they had Stafford there. Now I know the splits, you know, Marvin Jones. I typically want Marvin Jones at his price as compared to Galladay because their splits over 16 games, their last 16 together with Stafford. It's almost night and day. Like it's, it's almost just the, the same person. Similar target share, just a little bit better for Galladay. So if I can pay a four-round discount, five-round discount on Marvin Jones, I will. There's my guy right there, Marvin. But ultimately, uh, you know, Galladay is that number one. He is that alpha, and I think he belongs up there. Um, and then I, I got to keep Adam Thielen in that group. Uh, where is Mr. Thielen? There you are. So drag him on in. I mean... I get he's in a run-centric attack and how much volume can come with that, but Gary Kubiak religiously peppers his alphas. I mean, there's like a 130-target average, and it didn't matter who they were, whether it was back in the day with the Broncos, Andre Johnson. Like, he had great talents that he peppered, and he also made some you know lesser talents, has these monster seasons. And I think Adam Thielen's a great talent. I think he's – I don't get the disrespect – at times, I think the community's kind of woken up on him. You could get him in like round mid round four earlier in, in drafts, and we've kind of uh, thankfully woken up at how good this guy really is. I mean, he was wide receiver six and nine in his last couple healthy seasons. He was wide receiver eight before he went down, and he, that's the only time he's been hurt in his career. So I'm all about Adam Thielen. I think he's a great third round target. I still, as I'm getting these guys organized. Do typically go Jonathan Taylor round three, uh, maybe Lenny if, if Taylor is gone. I still love going bell cow, bell cow. So even this group, I don't often land. You have to have DJ Moore in this group as well, though, showing an awesome early rapport with Teddy Bridge. Uh, oh, that's Curtis Samuel. Wrong, wrong guy. We'll put him in the elite bench. Where DJ Moore? I know he's number 12. I just saw the colors. Remember, this is the, the Wake and Bake show. So not always, uh, as alert as can be when it comes to dragging. There you are, DJ Moore. Elite after the catch threat, going into an offense that is going to maximize those skills. I mean, North Turner system was good for him last year, and he got to thrive and show what he can do. But I think the touchdown upside is a lot higher than he showed. Um, him and Bridgewater have had, got awesome early rapport going in camp. It makes sense. I, you know, Bridgewater is perfect at leading him. So all that great yak damage might be even that much more productive only just because of a small little tweak, like an accurate quarterback getting it to him without him having to contort the body, hit him in motion. I, I think DJ Moore could be set up for a monster season. My only worry is Joe Brady does love to spread the wealth. I think there's going to be a lot of wealth. As you guys have already heard, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is my my number one lock QB sleeper. I'm getting in every single league. I've been saying it since February or whenever he landed in there, March. 
ultimately, I think there's going to be a big aerial pass. Why, you know, I'm going to have Curtis Samuel as a great rebound candidate. We'll talk about later. And it does, it's a matter of how is it distributed? We know Christian McCaffrey is going to eat. He's practicing with the wide receivers. I love it. We know DJ Moore is going to eat. Is it going to be to the levels of the, you know, the, the target disparity we saw between these guys last year? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. But he's kind of my last. I, I think he's going to be real, real solid. This kind of rounds out those like round three guys, my, my true number ones. I think Amari Cooper belongs in there too. He's the last guy I'll put in that group. Evan Silva, again, another one that's very high on him. Uh, where is Amari? Uh, I know, obviously, with the Cowboys. I saw Gallup there. But I like Amari. I like this Cowboys offense. I mean, it's going to be unstoppable. I get that there's so many mouths to now feed. But I think he's going to be that alpha. We've seen Mike McCarthy operate with like a, a Jordy or, uh, you know, obviously Devontae Adams most recently, Greg Jennings for so many years. He always has those those alphas. Where? Oh, he's right at the top. What am I doing? Uh, so I think that that's the role Amari plays. The health is the big question. Is he going to stay um, you know, healthy for the first time seemingly in his career. I don't know. And he played through a lot of injuries last year, but I think he could. And if he does, it's going to be beastly. So ultimately, I like that. We've got a quick comment in here. Mixon going to hold out. Is that is that the rumor? I don't think so, right? I haven't heard anything about that. So I, I, as far as I know, no. But if you've seen some reports today that I haven't quite seen yet, that'll be quite the wake up. Uh, real Jake Knight. Uh, so thanks for letting me know if that's something that's actually going on. Now we're going to get into those, um, you know, acceptable wide receiver ones. This is where I really start to pepper. I've already got my RB, RB, RB down and, you know, feel great about what I have at bell cow positions. And I think there's a big drop off after Jay Taylor. So I, I still think, you know, as much as I raved about these guys, I typically have not gotten a single receiver yet. And round four is when I just start to hammer it because I think there is some insane upside of guys that could leap right into this alpha wide receiver one mid late round that you get at this discount. And you just can't find bell cows that you can find up here, down here. And, and let's start going into some of those names that the top of the list, AJ Brown, I mean, nobody was outscoring this guy. Once Tannehill took over, I think he even had more points than Mike Thomas himself. So we've seen it. And that was on limited, limited volume and a very ground centric attack. We know the Titans will be the same way, but if, you know, there's a little less positive game script, they add no one else. They've really built around him. And I, I like John U. Smith to take a nice step forward. But A.J. Brown, man, he, he is just so explosive. And right there with him, I, I love Calvin Ridley. I mean, we saw what he did. No Austin Hooper now, the, the most vacated target share in the league. We've seen what Calvin Ridley did when Hooper was removed, and it was beautiful. He was on pace for the third most fantasy points. It was only three weeks. We can't just say, oh, three-week sample, splatter it. But the, the guy really did prove what he can do when he becomes a focal point. All accounts are he's, he's remained that way, and he's a beast. Yeah, they added Hurst. Yeah, they added Gurley. I think Calvin Ridley takes a nice real step, and we get those like Julio Jones, Roddy White-style seasons that were coached by Dirk Cutter. Uh, big volume coming, and I think Calvin Ridley takes that next step. And right below, maybe even ahead of him, this guy I, I absolutely love. One of my favorite picks in all the drafts. It's both Seahawks guys. Uh, you see DK, but I, I do prefer Lockett. Uh, over those first 10 weeks before he had that injury. Now, where are you, Tyler? Uh, I, I always <laughs> passed him up, but let's, I'll talk about him. I'm going to get DK in there just because I've already seen him. Uh, he's not going to be above Lockett for me, but 
he's going to be in that same tier. We've seen, though, again, what Lockett can do when he was healthy. The first 10 weeks uh, was on pace for the, I think, third most fantasy points, over 300 points. Um, and that was on limited target share. All the offseason talk, is Russ going to cook? Is this Lockett? And I know it's his number. That looks like a Raider. Though. That's probably um, freaking Tyrell Williams. Where Where is he? But, you know, DK Metcalf's also his own monster. I love both these Seahawks guys. Where the fuck is Lockett? Is, did anybody watching see him? I where? I oh the, the name just sitting in our face. Lockett, my good god. Oh, but I think that chemistry is maybe the best in the NFL. Russ versus him, the, the catches they make is just bananas. But DK is also a looming six three monster that has just been unstoppable in camp. If they let Russ air this thing out to these two guys, both guys could go. 1410 it realistically could happen because it's very concentrated to those two guys so even just a a solid bump we're not looking at like insane cheat code impossible a solid bump could keep these guys both in the top 10 wide receiver discussion i don't want to leave the draft without at least one seahawk receiver Uh, so i have those guys neck and neck 15 16 in my rankings and then i'm a little bit lower on this guy uh, than the consensus that's odell beckham um, coming off obviously a disastrous year, but we know he wasn't healthy for a good portion of it. Still, though, I I don't know if he's going to see the volume that some of these guys above him. I, I guess Lockett and them aren't the the best case to make for volume, but ultimately, you know, it's such a freak talent. I just uh, it's where is he as well. You know, he can obviously blow up, but this Kevin Stefanski attack is going to be very ground and pound. That's, you know, it's been disjointed in early camp and they're trying to get that zone running game, the the uh, the absolute backbone of it, really operating and thriving. And it just, you know, the passing game has not clicked. And I think a play action scheme is going to favor him, get him some great looks. Think about Stefan Diggs last year. Like this is Odell is a Stefan Diggs on steroids when he's fully healthy. And I love Diggs. Don't mean any disrespect to him and his game, but Odell is that next level. Talent wise, he'd probably rank up here, the alpha wide receiver ones. Uh, maybe, maybe even first round worthy was just a couple seasons ago, but Diggs saw 90 something targets. Like I think he was like 30 something in the league. I mean, John Brown, some guys should never see more volume than him did. And I don't know that Odell's going to see a whopping target share. He'll be good in real life. He'll stretch the field and do his thing. And maybe I'm being disrespectful. Let me know if you disagree, if you're tuned in right now, or the replay in the comments. Hit me up and let me know. Uh, ultimately, I, I'm i not a huge Odell fan, just because, again, I think it's going to be much more offense coming from the running back position there. But it, worth a, you know, early fourth, no doubt, if those other guys are gone. I don't typically land them because they're not uh, – they're, they're usually the, – the, the the Seahawks guys, sorry, are usually there. I just saw some Texans. Uh, so Mixon going to hold out. He was absent from practice today. Oh, boy, Roto World speculating uh, on the holdout. He was reported an undisclosed injury on Monday but hasn't been at practice in any capacity every day this week. Oh, well, that that would be a bomb, ladies and gentlemen, makes Gio Bernard that much more intriguing as a best ball stab late round early draft stab. I I saw nothing that he was expected to hold out. All the reports were that he's loving life uh, and in this new offense, excited because the coaches were using him more. But I oh boy, 
I did not see that. <laughs> Everyone's like, bottom right, you idiot. Go go find him. Ah, man, that would be tough. How many targets for AJB? I think, you know, he, he doesn't need much. Like Odell, doesn't need much to blow off. But I think we could see a solid, solid bump from last year. Let's call it 110 to 120, uh, which would be a significant spike, about like 30 more, I'd want to say, than what he got last year, assuming that a few game scripts aren't as positive as they were for him uh, this last year, um, Baker Mayfield is fat. That's another reason to be down on Odell is Baker is still looking pretty pudgy. And when B- Baker's pudgy, we've seen poor results. It doesn't look like this guy dug in this offseason like we were hoping for. It had all the natural talent in the world, but just has not been taking the game seriously. So, yeah, I'm I'm not into Baker Mayfield. I'm not into this fast passing game attack. I'm just kind of fading it right now. Alrighty, back to our tiers here. We've now entered some guys that I think could still be wide receiver ones, but I am a little more hesitant. So like, ah, not, I call them elite wide receiver too. So I got a few more guys I got to toss in here. One being Terry McLaurin. I mean, every time he goes ahead of me, now going in like round four at times, it, it makes me cringe and I, I hate it. And I, I'm so sad. I leave my draft without him. He, I have never seen so many analysts be universally in on a guy. It's so many smart analysts too, not just, uh, you know, run of the mill guys that I very highly respect in this game. Every single one of them has been praising Terry McLaurin and the reports of camp, the, the videos out of camp, all he's doing is thriving. You're buying him right now at the wide receiver 22, 23 price. And that was what he did last year. Everything should be better. The offense should be more explosive, more volume, because just they're going to take another step forward in pace. That's just natural. They were the fifth lowest pace in the last 20 years. They're definitely going to get that picked up. And then, you know, if if Haskins takes that next step, I I love McLaurin. I mean, I hate when I leave drafts without him. If I can get him as my wide receiver, too, I'm feeling awesome. Like a a Lockett-McLaurin pairing with three bell cows. Sign me up all day. Slap it all over me. That is exactly what I want in my life is this tier of receiver. If I can land two of those guys, then I love it. There's only one other guy that's right on that cusp for me. Um, and I'd probably start him off the, the next tier, though, because I am a little worried his teammates got to steal it to him. That's Devontae Parker. Had an insane year last year. There you are, Devontae. Um, only Mike Thomas scored him once Ryan Fitzmagic became his quarterback. Um, so I'm going to move him down to acceptable bench because this, those guys won't be within the same tiers. I might have to edit these tiers a little bit, um, into like juicy wide receiver twos and juicy wide receiver threes, maybe, um, probably what we're looking at. Um, so juicy wide receiver two is kind of that six, seven, it looks like range let me edit that for you on the fly there i love parker love what he did i love his rapport with fitz magic there is the concern you know a better quarterback should be good for fantasy right if Tua takes over he's better but better might mean smarter less jump balls all that good stuff so i don't think it's guaranteed uh that he is just elite like he was last year and obviously we've seen the risk with him so i wouldn't want him he's not an acceptable wide receiver one to me whereas mclaurin I could get behind as my wide receiver one. Uh, the only guy's missing, actually. There's a couple as acceptable wide receiver ones. Both Rams guys, I think, belong there. Um, and maybe even Keenan Allen. So we got Cooper Cup. I like Robert Woods more. Um, I like these guys as my twos definitely more than my my ones. I might even bump McLaurin down like as a juicy wide receiver, too. Um, I like Cup. I like Woods even more. 
especially after what we saw down the stretch last year. So Robbie, Bobby, where are you? Mr. Woods. Um, just everybody loves Robert Woods and rightfully so the guys ridiculous after the catch used in the running game. Um, he, you know, whereas cup fell off the face of the earth when they went to two tight end sets, Bobby Woods just continued to eat. So I'm all about Robert. Uh, if I could find him here, that's where, where is he? Robert Woods. If only I could find you, I would bring you up. Is he, I'll, I'll look at the comments in a second. You guys will have him found. Um, faster than I can right now because I want to keep talking about peeps. Um, and then uh, both those guys, I love both Rams guys. I love Cortland Sutton. So let's drag him into this kind of tier as acceptable, you know, those juicy, juicy wide receiver twos. If he's your second, you're in great shape. I think DJ Chark belongs in that range. There's DJ Chark. Uh, every, every report is this guy is just eating up everything in camp. Him and Minshew have been on a, another level. Um, Keenan Allen, I think, belongs above some of those names even. I know this. the narratives, he's got no upside this year, but he's the wide receiver six last year. He's still out of the you know camp, the main vein of this passing attack. I feel like he's the, the disrespect on Keenan has gone a little too far. Um, I slide him in like right here above Devontae. Um, juicy wide receiver too. Even in best ball, I know you're chasing ceiling, but like this, he's going to get 15 points and be like your wide receiver three almost every single week. Maybe wide receiver two. He's he's so consistent. I'm not overly concerned with the loss of Rivers. Obviously a downgrade. Otherwise, he'd be going two rounds earlier. But I'm not overly concerned. Um, we're now looking. I, I think Juju does belong in this tier. I'm way lower, probably the lowest guy, the guy I'm never going to own because most have him in this, like either quality wide receiver ones or it, at worst acceptable wide receiver ones. And I have him at the back end of the juicy wide receiver twos. He's he's not one of my favorite rebound candidates. I mean, in the he was hurt. Obviously, the quarterback quarterback play sucked. He could just instantly rebound, but. There is the question is, you know, without Antonio drawing that number one, did that, you know, end up hurting him in the long run? Because number two wide receiver there, James Washington, who you can get in the last round, had more yardage in the same ass, shitty, horrible, awful situation. So if he could get it done, you know, was Juju that unhealthy? Maybe. But I, I'm off the Juju train. I know it's not a popular opinion here, but out of all these other wide receivers, he's the one I'm least likely to end up with. And I, I'm going to check and see if any of you guys saw where Robert was. Cause I didn't see him anyways. Uh, what about DJ Moore? So Jack, I covered him earlier. He's in my, um, as you see right here, quality wide receiver one tier, love his upside in this offense built around yak built around um, getting the ball in space to their speed. So I think DJ Moore is going to thrive. Um, new report is mixing mispractice yesterday due to migraines. So that hopefully can kind of ease our worries. But if you're drafting this weekend and you're going for an early bell cow, maybe that gives you a slight pause. I, I, I don't pause. I love mixing this year. Um, and then, you know, juicy wide receiver twos. My question is like, do I put Marquise Brown in there too? I think you have to. I mean, the separation skills of Tyree kill so many good. Ah, oh, there you are, Robert. Finally. Um, I, I have him right above Cooper cup. So I'll move cup over. Um, that's kind of how I rank these out. So again, just highlighting how much higher I am on McLaurin. Everybody's high on McLaurin, but 
I would accept him as my wide receiver one. I think I'd accept Bobby as a wide receiver one, too. These other guys are more my number two. Sutton could have been an acceptable wide receiver one, but Judy, what a beast he's going to be. So let me get Marquise Brown in this juicy wide receiver twos. They're taking more deep shots this year, um, and they they thrive on it. And what if the, the script isn't as perfect for the Ravens this year as it was almost every single game last year? If we don't get the perfect game flow like we did, they they're going to have to air it out. And we saw what happened in the, the Titans game. You know, Marquise had 126 on seven catches. I think on like eight targets too. He was very efficient as well. Um, th- this guy has added 20 pounds of muscle, the screws removed from his foot, and he was separating from top guys last year at 156 pounds and with a screw in his foot. He could legit just blow past defenses this year. That like year two Tyreek Hill ascension. I've heard you guys like Graham Barfield that I love and respect preach that. And I don't think it's impossible at all. Um, I love him as my three. Like if I can get him as my three, because he does sometimes fall to round seven, then I'm then I'm just you know shooting to the ceiling. But ultimately, I'm more than happy to have him as my two because that upside, even as if it's the run heaviest attack in the league, is just astronomical. And I think you know some respect needs to go to T. Uh, T. Y. Hilton. Just year in and year out, gets it done. A little bit of injuries last year, but. Gets Philly Rivers, the best quarterback he's had the last couple seasons. I think he rebounds and has a nice season. Um, if I, I am a little nervous, Rivers with the deep ball, he looked cooked last year. So I'm a little down on him, but he still belongs in that juicy wide receiver two tier. Um, I, I got to move in my boy that's really risen on my rankings. I have to update my big board because they don't reflect this tier uh, quite as accurately. But Tyler Boyd, I mean, just a... Such a high floor. I, not over Marquise, I guess, but maybe when I go back and look at this, he's establishing that clear rapport with Joe Burrow as AJ Green's been out. Now AJ Green's back, so gives him a little time to build that. But by all accounts, Boyd has been the alpha number one receiver, um, still thriving in camp. So I I love it. Uh, I mean, the guy is just so steady. One of the highest floors. If you want to balance out some riskier investments. You know exactly what you're going to get, and we might even have not seen his highest ceiling yet. So I'm a huge Boyd fan. All the praise in the world out of camp, and and it's justified. The guy's a monster. Um, All righty, let's keep looking here. I think that's about it for that tier of like wide receiver twos, and now I'm getting into that wide receiver three range. So a guy I am a little bit lower on, uh, as this will show, is Stefan Diggs. Not, Not the biggest Diggs fan in 2020. And it's because of Josh Allen more than anything. Not not a matter of Diggs. I don't hate Diggs at all. I think Diggs is an amazing player. But can Josh Allen really sustain him and John Brown? Is John Brown going to disappear? Who's already got that rapport with? I don't think so. I think he's going to eat number two corners and maybe eventually be a better value, uh, maybe even better just overall player than Diggs in terms of fantasy this year. And and. You look at all the metrics. Diggs was the most elite deep ball guy. You know, he's so good at tracking it, so good at beating people, led the, the league in deep yardage, deep touchdowns. All of his touchdowns were on deep balls. But Josh Allen ranks lowest in all of those. The guy's got the arm. We know he's got the, the raw ability to do it, but he just sails the ball way too often. And so, you know, you imagine that the, the top guy at Diggs and the, the bottom guy maybe meet somewhere in the middle. 
but I don't think it's going to be that hyper-efficient scoring like we saw last year. So I'm not a fan of Diggs. He, I'll take him as my wide receiver three, but that means I'm probably not getting him because uh, he's not going there. I think Edelman, you know, was so disrespected this year in fantasy rankings. And you can get him in round eight, round nine. I get him often in best ball. You need some guys that are always going to be there in your lineup. Like there's something valuable about 15. I know to win the big tournament, you want that ultimate upside. And you got to have those stabs on your bench that can just get you 25 points out of nowhere. But it it doesn't hurt to have a guy you know is always going to be there for 15 points in PPR leagues. And him and Newton have have forged that rapport over these last couple days. I'm out in New England and all the talks have been about how on fire they've been, as well as Damian Harris. Good Lord, that guy's going to eat. So I I really like Edelman. I think he's severely undervalued. um, And I think he needs to be ranked a lot higher as do I think Brandon cooks, you know, my favorite to emerge is the number one for Watson. He's at least going to be on the field. I love Will Fuller. I love all the reports. I love them talking about it, but let's see this guy play five games in a row before we suddenly crown him as this King. I think he belongs in this juicy tier of wide receiver threes. Um, but I, I'd rather have cooks. I get the concussion history, but the guy's only missed, I think, two career games. He's had 1,000 yards with four different teams now, three, probably going to be his fourth, whatever it is this year. And Deshaun Watson can rope that thing. You know, the the best adjusted deep ball completion percentage for pro football focus, second in yards, fifth in deep TDs, and also had the most drops on deep. So those numbers could have been even better if it weren't for the dropsies. And I think Cooks is very steady, dependable down there. He's going to eat. I'm... Really excited about Brandon Cooks. I think Landry, you know, again, the low volume attack. I wonder what his ceiling is, but he's one of those guys. Where is Jarvis? Uh, that just gets it done. So underrated, you know, never discussed as one of the greats, but there's a reason he sees 130 targets because he's good at what he does. And he's going to be good at what he does again this year. And he might just well outscore Odell because he's just going to be so steady and always there, like a heartbeat style. Uh, guy for this offense. I think we can also lump in a handful more guys. As much as I don't like the injury concerns, I do think AJ Green belongs as like an upside wide receiver three. If you can snag him in round like eight, he won't fall there. People will be uh, higher than me on him. I think we can lump in Marvin Jones, who we raved about with the Kenny Galladay, a guy I find myself landing almost in every single draft at this point. Um, I have him even above AJ Green. And this is this is the acceptable range for Will Fuller because if he does hit his ceiling, it's it's limitless. I mean, the guy has shown that chemistry, had even better chemistry with Deshaun Watson when Hopkins was there and he first arrived onto the scene. So there is some very real upside. We just can't sit here and ignore. Um so I, I like that a lot. I'm gonna change this to um upside bench. This is going to be acceptable bench. We don't really need to you know, talk about anyone that's not. Um, so I'm going to put him, again, Samuel down a tier because we're now going to get into some other names that will be on your bench, but also acceptable stars. I really do think John Brown also. Um, I don't know if this is for who that's for John Brown or for someone else, but I, I really think John Brown is one of the most overrated, uh, underrated guys in fantasy football. And I have a tough time not lumping Darius Slayton in there. But he's more of a bench guy until we see what happens there um, with the Giants. Because I like Tate and I like Shepard. I like them all as nice quality number twos. And then you have 
Evan Ingram operating as the clear alpha, it sounds like these days. So I can't sit here and like rave about Darius Slayton. He's also sitting out practice right now. So I don't know. You know, maybe I go him here, but eh, I, I think there's some other upside bench guys that I would have above him. Um, and I've been targeting him in best ball. I like him in best ball, but he's not like the, I must run out, sprint out and get him. I didn't even see him in the picture. So I'll have to number 86 was not there. Let's uh, let's keep stuff in this like bench um, with some juice. I think Crowder, you know, PPR wise brings a ton of juice to the table. Um, I'm going to put John Brown down here. I don't think he belongs quite up, up there, but this is going to be like upside bench uh, flex starters. You can start these guys, definitely, the ones I'm putting here. Um, or they're like the elite bench that you already have four guys, and now you're all about it. I, I think Michael Gallup belongs there. I think most would have him a tier above. But I I love CeeDee Lamb. I really do. And I wouldn't be surprised to see CeeDee Lamb outperform Gallup as early as this year. Uh, I know that might sound crazy, but I think you know people are underselling what type of impact CeeDee Lamb could have on this entire offense. And on um, Michael Gallup specifically. Then I got to find Riger. Where is Jalen? The talk of camp has been just getting peppered religiously. Um, That's that's not Crowder. Crowder's 82. Whoops. (laughs) The hell is 81 on the Jets? I can't even think of it off the top of my head. Um, so my my next guy is got to be Jalen Rager. I think he's especially if you have three quality receivers, um, then it's even more of a no brainer that you have to lock this guy in your lineup every day. It doesn't matter what day you look at the reports; he's dominating camp every single practice. Um, he, he's going deep and beating Darius Slay. He's getting peppered in the short game with bodies all draped over him. He's you know winning those screen ball he's winning the contested runs in the red zone on fades he's ripping screens down the field it sounds like he's their alpha they're they're not holding back and all he's doing is responding and thriving uh every day in camp they're moving him all over playing the slot and three wide receiver moving to the outside and two wide receiver slots so he's clearly the number one there with probably deshaun jackson i love everything about it um so i'm all all in on rager i'm trying to find I know he's number one in college, but that looks like BYU's jerseys. Um, where is Jalen? There's Ruggs, who I do love. We got Judy. It always gets confusing with the rookies because I know he's 18 on the the. Um, oh, there he is. I know he's 18. I'd have him above Crowder, maybe even above Gallup. Uh, right, right in that range. Here we go. Who else would I put in this like upside bench mm, or acceptable starters? I think a, a very acceptable starter this year, he's going to emerge as one at least, is Emmanuel Sanders. I think he could be among the most underrated guys in fantasy um, this year. I think he – what number was he with? He was number 17, I believe, um, last year. Oh no, that's the Cardinals. So where what number was he with the uh, 49? Is this like San is Sanders in the, the jersey here? Um I, I'll get back to him once I look up his number. But I, I love Emmanuel Sanders uh upside with the Saints. I mean, yes, he'll be the clear number two, probably number three behind Kamara and uh Michael Thomas, but 
I think this offense is really going to light it up um, come next year. I really do. So he's perfect for what Drew Brees does, and he's perfect for what Drew Brees does well, that intermediate range um, ultimately. And, and I agree with this, Tim Gray. I'm going to be tossing McCole Hardman in this tier, no doubt about, uh, about it. I'd take Fuller over A.J. Green for upside, some people are saying. Um, I, I see that. I could do it, but they both have such low floors. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I, I have him lumped in here above. I have Fuller above A.J. Green. This is kind of the order I would take these guys. I think I put Marvin above him, just so underrated. Um, but, yeah, McCole Hardman, we already saw. Is this – Sanders was 17 when he went to the Niners, but that looks like a Cardinals jersey. I do know the 17 I definitely want in my rankings. And that's McCole Hardman. Um, huge, huge upside. If anything ever happened to a guy. And even if not, I mean, had it was tied for the lead with most 40 plus yard touchdowns. And that was with like AJ Brown, um, some huge explosive playmakers last year that saw far more volume than he did. He did it on less than half the, the targets of the next closest guy. So the, the playmaking upside is very real. He's been lighting it up in camp. So, you got to love McCall Hardman, especially as a stash. If you you don't want to have to rely on him um, right from the get, but as a bench stash, absolutely um, makes perfect sense. The highest of upside bench stashes. That's exactly what you're looking for when you're stocking your bench. Um, and then, you know, once I once I find Sanders, I'll put him in there. Uh, I'm trying to find Darius Slayton. I thought he was 86. No, on the Giants. I mean, I see Shepard and I see Tate. And I, I like Tate. Was was Slayton nineteen last year? Am I missing something? Um, I don't remember nineteen. I thought for sure he was eighty six, but I like Tate too. So he goes in this tier. I like all these Giants guys. This this tier is probably the biggest um, in this year, and that's again so much depth of the position that you can go around eleven, twelve, and, and pick some of these guys up. And they're they're great talents. So I'm I'm really intrigued by a lot of them. Um, I think Christian Kirk belongs in this tier as well. There's Kirk. A lot of upside bench. And, and I, I don't disagree. We had a comment earlier. Um, let me pull that back up. Curtis Samuel belongs on the upside bench solely because of Joe Brady and his slot wide receiver usage at LSU. I think I, I'm all about Joe Brady. I don't know if you've read the article on the site, uh, roastreetjournal.com, search Joe Brady. I did a huge in-depth breakdown, probably my favorite article I've written this year. And it's all about how he uses his players the right way. And I think he'll finally use Curtis Samuel the right way. So yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think he can hang with this tier, uh, maybe towards the bottom of it, but yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and argue that I like him. I like it a lot. Is this Sanders? Is that 17? I can't freaking tell. I, I, either way, I think Emmanuel Sanders belongs in that tier, folks. That tier is enormous. Um, I think Ceedee Lamb belongs in that tier above Curtis Samuel personally, and, and above Christian Kirk uh, myself. And then I'm trying to see any other guys. You know, is this where we put Debo in because? Apparently he's running hard at camp. He's looking good at camp. I think this is where we can kind of slide Debo in. Uh, yep, there you are, Debo. I would definitely put him in that upside bench because even if, if he misses just a couple weeks, I was looking at him as a high-end wide receiver too earlier this offseason. So definitely a guy I'd love in my bench, love to have stashed. I think Deontay Johnson, you know, 
hype machine this offseason, and now he's not practicing. So he's fallen a little bit for me. I never was fully buying into it. There's just so many guys there. Um, so he might even be a tier below some of these other names. I respect all the guys that are so into him. So that's what, what makes me think I should be higher. But I just, I don't know. I, I don't want him, really. I, I never end up pulling the trigger. So for that alone, I will bump you to acceptable bench. I haven't I haven't drafted him anywhere yet. I just don't want him. I don't. Doesn't do it for me. Make your case for Deontay if you're tuned in and you uh you feel strongly for him. I'd rather have Deshaun Jackson. You know, I think Deshaun Jackson's going to light it up again with Carson Wentz for however many games he at, you know he's he's around for. So that makes him maybe even a tier above. I love Deshaun Jackson. I think Jerry Judy, where's Judy? There you are. Um, one of the best route writers runners we've seen, and he's already eating up camp. So I, I'm not underselling rookies' ability this year to to make a huge impact. I really think uh, you know Michael Pittman goes in that group that could make a huge impact right away. I'm I'm all about it. Um, I like Preston Williams. Where where is Preston Williams? There's Stills. Why is Stills in a dolphin uniform? <laughs> um. I think Chenault, you know, we're going to keep piling in you know, these acceptable upside bench. Even Claypool making highlight plays in practice daily, it sounds like. Oh, there's Sanders after all this time. He's an upside uh, bench flex starter. Uh, definitely could start, I think, right from the bat. Great source, like five catches, 70 yards. That serves its purpose. It, it t- definitely does. Um, and let's see, any other guys that I want to – include as acceptable bench certainly not Corey davis i think anthony miller uh belongs above some of these guys we really saw him start coming on late last year um henry ruggs of course belongs in here with some upside i mean why would i take deontay johnson over these guys again just not sold on the guy um who else who else we got we put Chenault and Claypool. Those might be a tier below. I might be a little ambitious here uh, on those ones. I think you know maybe we put Brandon Ayuk. It depends on what the status is of Debo, and it sounds like that's more positive than negative these days. Um, and he also now has his own kind of issue going on. Brandon Ayuk does still well worth rostering. Still definitely um, above like you know Chenault and, and Claypool. So I, I have him in there. Um, Brashad Perriman will probably, he's going to be in a Bucks jersey. Like what, what are we going to see Brashad Perriman in on this ranking list? But I love him in best ball, making 50 yard, you know, catches deep down the field. I don't know if I see him on here, um, unfortunately, because I would like to have Brashad Perriman. He's number 19, wherever he's been. Um, unless he's wearing 81 in, in, in Jets camp, is that Perriman? Regardless, uh, definitely a guy I love stacking on the bench. I mean, Shepard certainly is rosterable. Sterling Shepard could ultimately end up being the best of them all. But he kind of falls in that Deontay Johnson. Like, I just don't – doesn't do it for me, really. I I want the unknown when I'm in this tier. I'd rather have something with with a ceiling that I haven't quite seen yet. Um, Other than that, I'm not seeing a whole ton of names – that I love. I, I mean, Nikhil Harry, I think, comes with some upside. And, you know, who else here? I'm not drafting like Cole Beasley, Kendrick Bourne, maybe, with all these injuries. But what we got here, you know, I think Robbie Anderson worth a stash, developing a nice rapport 
Um, we can keep those guys all kind of lumped in there. Those are the guys, you know, the, the last guys I see with upside. I think Robbie Anderson's an underrated player. Um, so he makes sense. You know, deep ball. You, you could have Philip Dorsett in like best ball because he might get you one or two 20-point weeks. Um, James Washington, I think, definitely belongs in this group as well. Uh, led the, the team in receiving yards per game last year. What if he just does take that next step and keeps going? Um, I think Randall Cobb's draftable too. Like there's there's a world he leads this team in targets. So I have him in there. Um, was Preston? I thought he was like a, was he 17? Preston Williams. If that's him, he he certainly belongs at the top of this tier. I thought he was 11, but maybe not. Um, I don't I don't know. But the the headlines as I search him on the verge of having a breakout season. Number 18. Um, is he is he anywhere in here? Preston. I don't see him. So there's a handful of guys missing in these rankings. They had Jakeem Grant, but not Preston Williams. Nice. Um a handful of guys I want to make sure to shout out. One, Preston Williams, monster. Uh been dominating camp, looking back to healthy. He started out a little slow, but now that the rust has been shaken off, uh totally, totally deserves to be in this acceptable bench, maybe even upside bench. Uh, very, very, very solid breakout candidate there. I love Brian Edwards, you know, locking in that X role for the Raiders over Tyrell Williams now, who's hurt. I think Ruggs is also the man. And I, I would be surprised if Edwards outplays Ruggs. I'd rather have Ruggs just because of the freakish athleticism. But, you know, Edwards has some freakish athleticism too. He would have probably been a first rounder had they not uh, taken, you know, had he not been hurt. He got so much done with such crap quarterback play that I think he could really, really break out. Trevor Sycamore, one of my favorite podcast guests we had this year, uh, called him this year's Terry McLaurin. So, you know, upside there for sure. Let me know who I'm forgetting, though. I'll, I'll scroll down. I'll kind of leave this up. If you guys see any names missing, just let me know. Um, huge impact right away is Jefferson. That's right. Justin Jefferson definitely belongs. Where's uh, the LSU boy? Here we go. I think that's definitely a name that was missing. Uh, Fitz, especially with D-Hop in town. I'm not into Larry Fitz. Uh, not not at all. Mike Williams might be a decent late-round flyer with Tyrod's arm. I would 100% agree. I had him way higher, uh, Tim. But ultimately, he's now hurt, expected to miss the first four to six weeks in a season that could get cut at any time. I'm not – unless you have like an IR spot – um, or a bunch of IR spots. I don't see any reason to roster this guy, um, especially when you need the depth more than ever this year. So I, I loved him. I had him a little bit higher, and I'm not buying the narrative now. Fitz, I sure put him on your bench, but like now behind Kirk and Hopkins and probably Drake, I don't. I, I don't see Fitz being a guy I ever put in my lineup. Are there any Packers you would consider to draft other than Adams? Of course, of course, Aaron Jones. But if you're talking strictly. Uh, wide receivers, and I'd like A.J. Dillon also. But other than those guys, I'd like Lazard. If there's one of them I'm going to go after, it'd be Alan Lazard. I don't see him on here. I think he belongs in this tier um, as their number two guy. I'd be like, all it was only heaping praise from Rodgers anytime he discussed uh, discussed Alan Lazard as he was breaking out. And we saw some big games. I think we could see more of them. I just don't know that I love... Maybe in best ball, again, the classic statement, maybe in best ball, like in best ball, 
when you don't have to project which week he blows up, because he'll have a handful of 20-point days. But I don't know that you'll ever fully know when that's coming unless Adam suffered an injury. That's like kind of the upside scenario if he could handle the number one you know coverage. But yeah, that's that that's a good name to shout out for sure. I like him. Didn't know that. That's why we're here, Tim Gray. Lazard, yeah. So that's that's who we we're just talking about. Um, totally agree. That's like the number two packer for sure. I don't see him though. I, that's scantling. And I certainly don't want anything to do with him. So yeah, that's kind of the list. You know, Chris Conley, athletic for like late round best ball. He'll have a couple big games. Just a handful of those like Jaguars. If you go uh, Jaguars, the the uh, guarded Minshew late, and then you stack them. You know, that's totally an option. Totally viable strategy. Watkins maybe, especially how he went off in the the playoffs. I think you know did something finally click. I don't think so, but he is definitely worth rostering. Um, if something happened to Tyreek and maybe something did finally click, like I, Hardman's certainly my guy over him. Um, I, I'd much rather see that happen, but, but yeah, Sammy Watkins deserves to be right. Any piece of that chief's offense, even like Demarcus Robinson in deep, deep leagues, you got to roster any type of piece of that offense you can get. I do like miles Boykin too. I think, I don't know if that's number 80 here, but he's been a, a big producer in camp. They're saying they, they worked out Des Bryant, but felt like Boykin brought more to the table, winning a lot of contested situations, like actually playing the coaches were saying, I'll maybe do a penny, penny stock on him. I'm going to write about him later. Uh, but if you get Lamar early, you know, Miles Boykin, a decent way to stack late. Um, they're, they're saying he's finally playing into that six, four frame. So I like Boykin a lot. Uh, I think, you know, any part of that offense that might start to air it out more, who should I keep, says Jack. Eckler, fifth round or more, sixth round? I love them both. I wish you could have them both. But Eckler would be the play for me just because I think running backs are so rare. And Eckler now, you know, RB4 last year, even with Gordon there, was the RB2 without him. You know, if Josh Kelly and these guys don't carve out a significant roles, he's going to go down as that, like, second-round guy that blows up and wins leagues and sometimes late first. I have him nine overall. So, to me, I love more. But you're gaining much more positionally and value-wise with Eckler, uh, Jack. So that's who I go. All righty, folks. That just about wraps up the tiers. I'll give you like another quick glance through them. Um, but before we get one last glance to look at it, I just want to pump one last time for anyone who may have joined late. Uh, we just released our off-season Bible, an online living great guide. Uh, we update it every day with the new news. Rager update yesterday. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, all these guys. Um, D- David Montgomery will be in there today. And all you got to do is donate to an awesome cause. Uh, you know, the, the Pete Frady's Foundation does amazing things for patients with ALS. Um, and it's just a, a, a cause that means a lot to me because I'm from their hometown, friends with his, his younger brother. And I think the guide's great. So, you know, donate as much as you can and you'll, you'll get a guide no matter what you do. Um, so much is packed into there. I'd love your, your, get some eyeballs on it, get your feedback. Um, so yeah, check that out. Make a donation, um, would be awesome. And Jack, uh, you know, so pumped that you, you found it useful here. I uh, glad you enjoyed it for sure. And we'll, we try to run these at least a handful of the weeks. Mornings will be tougher come, come school time next, next week, but I'll definitely be doing daily draft wizards five to six and running some pods tomorrow, uh, next week from seven to eight at night as well. So tune on in, uh, bookmark us. We'll be here for you and all the questions you have. I'm glad that you found it helpful. All righty guys, visit rotostreetjournal.com for any type of 
information you need. We're breeding and feeding fantasy wolves. Uh, and you can check out the fantasy fullback dive. We paved your path to 2020 titles. Comment if you're watching the replay, if there's ways I could do this better. Uh, if you watch the live show, it was awesome having you. Would love to know. Have a great day as well, Mitchell. Thank you guys so much. And until 5 o'clock tonight, the wolf is out. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. We stole the show. At least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks. <laughs>